0: And Father God, we do want to pray that, Lord, that your holy love would would live in us, Lord, and flow in us, and move and minister richly in and through us, Lord, the great love of Jesus Christ, Father. And you know, if there's a, ever those times that we want to just continue to worship you, Lord, uh, this, this night uh, just seems so appropriate, Lord, as we dwell and and gaze and wonder at your holy love Lord for us. We thank you Father, we praise you for your faithfulness and love. We thank you for your faithfulness as you gather us to come and worship you Lord. And amidst all the things going on around us Lord in our hearts and lives Lord, we thank you lord that we can come before you lord and just uh, be calmed and enter into your rest lord and just lay the things of the day at your feet lord and just ask that you bathe us and wash us and envelop us lord with your holy love we thank you for your great faithfulness we thank you for moving and ministering on our behalf on behalf of our loved ones lord god and we thank you lord for your faithfulness we thank you for your love you seem to get us through from event to event, Lord, from uh, earthquakes and tsunamis, Lord, through uh, uh, hurricanes, Lord, and we just pray, Lord God, that you might uh, get not only our island state, our community, our island state, Lord, our nation, and this world through this uh, uh, COVID uh, pandemic, Lord, we just uh, entrust it to you, Lord, and we know that Your divine plans and purposes will not be thwarted, Lord, and we come as a people humbling ourselves, Lord, call, uh, calling upon You, Lord, asking for Your forgiveness, Your washing, Your cleansing, and Your healing touch for our lives and the lives of those around us. Lord, that uh, uh, we all might be washed and cleansed of the greatest disease of all, Lord, healed of the disease we call sin, Lord. So go before us now, Lord, as we continue to worship You now through the study of the Word. We thank You for Your faithfulness. We thank You for Your great love. We ask Your blessing uh, in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. Well guys, you know, we just want to continue to worship uh, as, uh, uh, as we sing about and just meditate on the holy love of God. Amen guys. Praise the Lord. Uh, Genesis 26, as we continue through the study of the book of Genesis. We ended off last week seeing that uh, uh, the Lord had blessed Isaac tremendously, and as he sowed and he reaped uh, Uh, the benefits and the blessings of the Lord. The Lord uh, returned to him 100-fold of his investment into the ground. Verses 12 and 13 tell us that now Isaac sowed into the land, and reaped in that same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him, and the man could, uh, became rich, and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. And uh, all of this uh, was to the displeasure of his Philistine neighbors, guys, who's eyed him with suspicion and jealousy. God's blessing brought a wedge that his neighbors could not quite understand. And at times the love and the peace and the joy that we as believers might feel People might think, why aren't you freaking out? Why aren't you panicking? And at times it's just they cannot realize that it's the love and the calm and the rest of Jesus Christ that um, that uh, gets us through the most toughest times and the most trying of situations. In chapter 26, after quarreling over water rights time and time again, uh, they moved. And they moved again till finally the Lord made room for them. We're told that in verse 22. But in verse 24, we see that uh, uh, the Lord appeared to him that same night and says, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. And I know we looked at this, but again, the reminder for Isaac was, I am the God of your father Abraham. He says, number two, do not fear. Number three is, for I am with you. And number four, he says, I will bless you. And the things that I like it is, I think that I'd like to just receive all this that the Lord had for Isaac. I'd like to be the one who remembers that um, God is the father of uh, our, our heavenly father in heaven, who's, you know, watching after us. And he's really telling us, hey, amidst all the things we go through, whether it be at work or with family or... Uh, with the things of our economy the future of our children for education the future of those around us who might be hurting going through these things he says do not fear do not fear, and the reminder is, for I am with you, and God has promised us, no matter what, that He is, uh, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you know, I think that those are the, some of the promises that we can just count on. And He says, I will bless you, and that doesn't mean that we might be blessed with, uh, as some equate, as health and wealth and so on and so forth. But I think the blessing of the Lord really is the, uh, uh, the, the, the fruit of His Spirit, the love, the joy the peace, the patience, the gentleness, the self-control that only He can bring, and He can uh, uh, wrap our lives around with the the very fruit of His Spirit. In verse 25 he says, So Abram, he built an altar there, and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Uh, With all the reassurance and the promises of God, Isaac built an altar there. Really that altar was a a place that says, hey Lord, I'm coming to worship you. This altar is a maybe a memorial of your great faithfulness as as you brought us through this time of testing, as you brought us through from place to place, as you brought us through times that we were in fear of our very lives. And he says, "Uh, uh, I'm calling upon the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent, we're told, or else he settled in after all the strife and being uh, pushed out and pushed here and pushed there. He finally pitched his tent. And sometimes we might feel that, hey, the world is pushing us around. Situations are push- pushing us around. And uh, 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 I, I think that as we pitch our tent in the Lord, as He brings that rest, as He brings that p- us to a place of being settled, at times we might be very unsettled. It might be again with a work situation. It might be with a Living situation—you might be forced out of your place. You might be uh, moving here and moving there. And you know, we some of us uh, can understand that, and uh, uh, we can finally say, "Wow, I can, I can uh, settle here, and I can pitch my tent here." There's a there's a, a semblance of permanence. Notice that here they were. Uh, Uh, There were no brick-and-mortar structures or cedar-paneled homes. Like his father Abraham, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, dwelling in tents, as with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You know, I, I keep going back uh, from the book of Genesis, we seem to go back to the book of Hebrews, and that's uh, right out of Hebrews chapter 11, where uh, I, I love that uh, that word picture that uh, God's word paints is that uh, these men lived as aliens in the land of promise, and just uh, uh, looking for that city whose foundations and architect and builder is, is God. Uh, I, I think that uh, Uh, We ought to be just knowing that we're just passing through here, guys. We're aliens, we're sojourners, we're pilgrims. Not laying our roots down here, but really our home. Uh, and our hope is laid up for us in heaven. He goes on in 26, and then Abraham came to, uh, Abimelech came to him from Gerar, and his, uh, his advisor Ahuzath, and Phicol, his commander of his army, and Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me, and have sent me away uh, from you? And they said, we, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, Let us now be an oath between us, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. This was the same Abimelech and Phicol, guys, that years before had come to Isaac's father Abram in Chapter 21, guys, years before. And even though they seemed to be a relatively peaceful people, they seemed to vacillate between good, bad, jealous, envious, fearing, fearful whatever it was uh, uh what it uh, whatever it was but not wanting a blessing uh but not realizing that it came from a relationship with the true and the living God. You know, the enemies of the world, they might want to say, hey, we need a little touch of, uh, of, of your good luck, of your good fortune, of the blessing you have, and what, you know, let's make peace, and uh, this is the same thing that these, this King Abimelech and Phicol had done, the same thing with Isaac's father Abraham years ago. Uh, um, during this time, uh, 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 th- he says, that you will do us no harm, and just we have not touched you, and have done you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace, you are now the blessed of the Lord, and you know, I just have to underline that in my Bible, he says, uh, do us no harm, because we recognize that you are now the blessed of the Lord, and uh, again, uh, there's a, a strange desire, hey, we want peace with you, because we know that God is blessing you and uh, we we don't want to mess with you and then you know the world at times wants to mess with us guys the world at times wants to play with our heads the world at times wants to try us and frustrate us And I don't know about you, but, you know, it could happen with your neighborhood. It could happen with your, at your workplace. It might be on a bus ride over here. Whatever it might be, the world is trying to mess with you. And, you know, the the world knows that, hey, you're a child of God. You're blessed by God. But let's see if we can trip you up. Let's see if we can stumble you. And at times the people that that might be playing with you, playing the games you think, uh, they're innocent bystanders, not knowing that are the pawns of the enemy, and you know, trying to mess you up, trying to trip you up, trying to stumble you, and try to get you uh, into a place of sin. He goes on, and he made a feast, and they ate and drank, and in the morning they arose and exchanged oaths. Then Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him, him in peace. Now it came about on that same day that Isaac's servants came in and told them about the well they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba, therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Um, In the day, in a dry and arid land, guys, water truly, was the basis of all life. And, you know, I, I love this guy. He was our old board of water supply guy. He used to always come out on TV and say, "Hey, conserve water, don't waste water, try and turn off the faucet when you're washing or when you're doing dishes or you're brushing your teeth, whatever it might be, because he would just simply say, hey, water is the basis of all life. And we think about it, we think about, hey, we got plenty, plenty of rain. We have all these beautiful watersheds. As a matter of fact, we got too much rain at times, but in that dry arid land, guys, uh, water was life to irrigate your crops, water was life for your people, water was life for your animals, (coughs) uh, your crops, and so on and so forth. (coughs) Water was, uh, was life, and as Isaac blessed these people of the land, God re, uh, replied and repaid that very day. He said, Hey, uh, Isaac, you tried to be a blessing to Abimelech, these uh, Philistines, and even though they've gone back and forth and uh, tested you and, and put you in fear at times, and so on and so forth, God uh, rewarded them his faithfulness and saying, Hey, we're trusting you, Lord. We're moving along. We're not quarreling with these guys over the water rights and over these wells of water. We're trusting that You're going to provide for us. And even at this time the world seems to be pushing us around, we got to trust and uh, just believe that, Hey God, You you are large and You're in charge and really uh, You're in control of things. Why should I fight it? Why should I get angry? Why should I get mad? and You know, at times, you know, brothers or sisters might tell you, gee, I almost got angry, but I said to myself, hey, I just got to trust God in this situation, and you know, I did feel like getting mad. There was a little bit of anger welling up in me, and uh, why aren't they doing this, or why aren't they doing that? And again, Isaac uh, trusted, and we have to trust in that same manner too. Uh, 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 Esau, in verse 34, was 40 years old when he married Judith, the daughter of Biri, the Hittite, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they brought grief to Isaac and to Rebekah. Uh, uh, Esau, choosing to marry outside of the family, married uh, a Hittite, or two Hittites, one of the seven Canaanite nations that uh, inhabited the land of promise. To Israel, see the these Hittites lived in the land of Canaan, and God had promised the land to Canaan. And uh, you know the 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 thought of marrying uh, outside of um, the same like-minded people groups. Not that God was prejudiced, and we've been through this many many times before. But he said, you know, uh, he said it appropriately. Paul says, "Hey, what." Uh, what fellowship does light have with darkness? In other words, you know, if you're, if you're believing one thing, if you're bowing down to another God, you know, what fellowship or what company can you have? Uh, he says that they they brought bitterness, they brought grief to uh, Isaac and Rebekah, and uh, uh, my Bible has a footnote, this word grief literally says they were a bitterness of spirit, to Rebekah and to Isaac. They brought a pain within their spirit because uh, uh, because of their lifestyle or because of their belief system. They may have very well brought in their own little gods into the home, and again was causing their son uh, to bow down uh, before uh, other gods. And remember, uh, you know, throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, uh, the children of Israel were warned not to not, not to marry, not to take the, tr- the women of the land for their sons, or not to give their sons uh, or their daughters to the, the, the men of the land, because you know they would they would cause them to bow down before other gods, and that was a tremendous, tremendous thing, guys. Uh, one little note, and one little uh, thing on the Philistines, guys. The Philistines at this particular time, they seem pr- pretty peaceful, but uh, in future times in the times of the judges in the times of Samuel and David we're going to see that the Philistines uh, they were uh, they had grown into five separate uh, consortiums, five separate districts uh, within the land and they were you know they were the fierce opponents against the children of Israel from now uh, from this time forth they really grew to be enemies of the children of Israel chapter 27 says that now we came about, when Isaac was old, and his eyes were too dim to see, that he called his older son Esau, and said to him, My son. And he said to him, Here I am. And Isaac said, Behold, now I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Prepare for me a savory dish uh, such as I love, and bring it to me that I might eat, and that my soul may bless you before I die." Uh, Isaac aged well advanced in age he's now aged and blind requests of Esau to go out and prepare his favorite dish for him you know, that was kind of like, maybe, hey, Esau, go out, get my last meal. And I, I love this wild game. I love the food you prepare. You know, go out and let me eat and let me bless you. And uh, uh, that was his plan that, hey, I probably want to not live that much longer, so uh, do this for me, my son. And Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke and listening uh, uh, to his son Esau. So when Esau went into the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebecca said to her son, Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game, and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock, and bring me two choice young goats from there, that I might prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Then uh, you shall bring it to your father, that he might eat, so that he might bless you, before his death. Rebecca listening in, eavesdropping on their conversation, now plans with trickery and deceit to take Esau's blessing from Jacob. You know, the Bible is a, is a book about the truths, and the Bible really speaks of, even for God's people, at times, uh, uh, getting into the flesh and, and getting into things that we are really not ought to be doing, eavesdropping in, spying, now planning and plotting to be uh, to, uh, with trickery and deceit to take Esau's blessing for Jacob. A uh, horrible story, and you know I, I kind of wrestle with that. How do you justify the actions of these people? And you don't, you know, I, I think that we can't. But uh, well, Jacob answered his mother Rebecca's. Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and then I will be a deceiver in his sight. I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice. Go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them into his mother. And his mother made a savory food, uh, as his father loved. Uh, Rebecca loved Jacob, and the relationship was one of trust, and perhaps mom had a little undue influence, too much influence upon her son, and uh, even uh, with his protests, she very forcefully commands him, commands her son to follow her word, and and, and uh, uh, this is difficult, there may, and, and, and I gotta say that, you know, for the younger guys, and whatever it is, and sometimes even for older guys, we might have uh, Uh, You know, our parents still telling us uh, what to do? Or it might be even, uh, I've heard some say, oh, my father's still dictating uh, from the grave into my life, you know, his precepts and his things that he wanted to speak into my life. But again, uh, there may be a point in time when you have to make up your own mind, uh, an age when decision-making is no longer your parents, or you might be at that place where you're you're married, your spouse, or your friends, or your bosses, or co-conspirators, I like to say And you don't want to become a co-conspirator in these schemes. You got to go with the Lord is directing you to do. And you know, when it comes down to it, nobody is going to say, oh, uh, my friend said don't accept the Lord, my friend says uh, do this or do that. But when it comes down to it, as we stand before the Lord, we're going to have to give an answer for our own actions and our own, uh, and our own decisions that we've made. Of course, uh, uh, with, with husbands and wives, you're hopefully prayerfully considering things, and hopefully you're just moving in the Spirit. And the same thing with families, the same thing with moms and dads and kids and uh, so on and so forth. But hopefully you're moving again in the flow of the Spirit. 15 he goes on, and Rebekah took her best garments of Esau her elder son, and with, uh, which were uh, with her in the house, and she put them on Jacob, her younger son, and she put the skins of the young goats on his hands, and the smooth part of his neck. She gave him the savory food and the bread which she had made to her son Jacob, and he came into his father and says, My father, and he says, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Get up, please, sit and eat my game, that you, might, you may bless me. And Isaac said to my son, How is it that you have come so quickly, my son? And he says, Because the Lord your God has caused it to happen to me. Uh, the the shibai goes on. For you guys who don't know what the shibai goes on, the trickery goes on. And, and now Jacob is fully immersed with his mother to fool Isaac, you know, the the plot thickens, and now he buys in to his mother's scheme, and he goes on as far as uh, uh, telling his dad, hey, it's me, your son, and I'm back so quick, because God has blessed me. Uh, 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 He's fully immersed with his mother to fool Isaac with the clothing and the skins of goat to fool his father. Jacob goes as far again as to give the, the Lord glory for the quickness in catching the game and preparing the food. How, uh, how deceptive and how wicked sin is yeah, that we would go down that path and something that we might have held back, something, something that we may have protested, now all of a sudden we're going full force. Uh, towards uh, that thing of destruction. Uh, He goes on in 21, and Isaac said to Jacob, please come close to me, that I might feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Are you really my son Esau? And he says, I am. And again, here it is, uh, uh, being careful to examine Jacob, to ascertain his being Esau, when asking him, Are you my son Esau? Jacob's reply was, I, I am. And this convinced the father. His, 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 again, he went all the way, and now lying straight on to his dad. Uh, his father was convinced, lying and uh, not, uh, not Uh, lying and trickery, scheming and plotting, all of these not condoned by the Lord, guys. Nevertheless, these are taking place. I'm not saying iguad and lie, steal, and cheat, lie, cheat, and steal, guys. But I says that in the weakness of the flesh, even the best of God's children can give into that, uh, uh, the sin of uh, these things, of fooling his dad, lying to his dad, but really lying to God, yeah. So uh, he goes on, uh, So bring me, uh, bring it to me, I will eat of my son's game, that I might bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate, and also with him wine he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, See the smel- smell of my son is like the smell of the field which uh, the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and an abundance of grain and new wine. May peoples come to serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. And cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Completely taken in by the ruse. Isaac pronounces the blessing upon Jacob that would have normally been reserved for the firstborn son. You know, that was part of the birthright that was, the, uh, that was the determined back in those days to the firstborn. Uh, uh, and you know, it, it's a real neat blessing guys, because he says, hey, may God give you the dew of heaven. In other words, may He pour out that rain upon you, that life-giving water, the life-giving element of rain, and all the fatness, all the blessings of the good crops, and the fruitful crops, and the fruitfulness of your uh, flocks of lambs and goats, and the abundance of grain and new wine. You know, He says, all the things uh, uh, that Make for the fullness and the blessing, a material blessing, as well as peoples coming to serve you, and not nations bowing down to you. Be the master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down uh, to you. Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Although uh, uh, completely taken in by the ruse again, Isaac pronounces that blessing, that would have normally been reserved for the firstborn. Uh, 30 to 38, it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Then he made savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of my son's game, that you may bless me. And uh, Isaac, uh, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he says, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled violently and says, Who is he that hunted game and brought it into me, so that I ate of it, all of it, before you came and blessed him? Yes, he shall be blessed, and he shall be blessed. And Esau heard these words of his father. He cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Your brother has come deceitfully, and has taken away your blessing. And then he says, Is it not the rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me all these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he says, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master, and all his relatives I have given to him as servants. And with grain and new wine I have sustained him. And as for you uh, then, what can I do for you? uh, What can I do, my son? And Esau said to his father, Do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me, even also, my father. So Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Though some would argue that Esau, Esau forfeited his right to Jacob's blessing, because he sold his birthright uh, to his brother. Um, uh, uh, he forfeited his right, his, his right to, uh, to Isaac's uh, uh, blessing uh, to his brother Jacob uh, for a bowl of lentil stew. You have to question Rebekah and Jacob's reasoning and justification to lie and to deceive Isaac. You know, I have no doubt that uh, Jacob was the one that the Lord had uh, had picked, but I, I do have to question the motivation of the mother and the uh, going ahead with the son to follow this ploy. I can only default back to the fact that God, that uh, the Lord God is sovereign, and uh, The truth we find in Romans 8.28, we say that, and and we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I I can only say that if somehow God works out His plans and purposes, uh, we might not think it was fair, we might not think it was ethical, and truly, you know, in the eyes, in our eyes, in the eyes of God's Word and God's law, it wasn't right but uh, somehow God would make uh, make up the difference. In all the trickery, and all the lying, and all the deceit, we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I'm not condoning that we go ahead and do wrong and saying that, oh God, you're going to work all things out, because at times things go horribly wrong. We can see guys who have uh, they've gone off the reservation, they've, uh, uh, from being in church and serving in church, they go off and they have a girlfriend on the side, and, you know, although it wasn't God's plan and purpose, they they go off and uh, they uh, get involved with a non-Christian girl, and, you know, uh, uh, although, things seem to be working out, we know that hey, there. at times guys struggle, at times gals have struggled because they married non-Christian guys, saying that, oh God, you're going to work all things out because I know I love you, and I know that you're going to cause all things to work out for good and to your glory, but at times it just, they spend the rest of the, their life, or a good part of their life, just struggling because, you know, they're at so much at odds, because that person is not, of the same value, of that same mindset, of the same God. They're following the gods of the world, or the gods of their own appetites, rather than the true and the living God. And not saying that we as Christians are perfect guys, because certainly we fail, certainly we fumble, we stumble about, but God picks us up, He brushes us off, and you know, we continue to go with Him, and to grow in Him, and say, God, you know, forgive me, and you know, help me uh, turn from this, help me to learn from this and grow from this, but at times when we uh, purposely put ourselves in harm's way, and we go that way, and you know, things like that really uh, uh, cause a lot of suffering, and you, you, you it, it goes well for a little while, and all of a sudden you hear these things that, man, the guy, you know, the guy or the gal, they're really going through it, and at times it's like, uh, like, uh, Esau marrying those uh, Hittite women—you know—they just brought grief to the life of their uh, the parents and so on. And I'm sure they had their their sufferings too. You know, uh, the all of battles and the all of brawls and whatever it might be. But uh, I. Th- So Esau lifted up his voice and wept, 38, and uh, then Isaac said to his father, uh, answered him, uh, Isaac his father answered him and saying, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and your brother uh, you shall serve, and it shall come about when you become restless, that you will break his yoke from your neck. And you know it's a prophetic word that uh, that Isaac uh, speaks into the life of Esau. He's just telling him away from the fertility, away from the goodness, away from the fatness, away from the all the water, the the wells and the waters that I have blessed your brother with, and the sustenance of the grain and the new wine, away from these things, and uh, uh, and you're going to live a violent life, he says, and, and ultimately you're going to be serving your brother, the one that uh, uh, that received the blessing. And yeah, uh, you, when you do become restless, you will break his yoke from his neck, and know. Uh, uh, we're told here in Hebrews 12 of the godless person Esau, you know, Hebrews 12 tells us of a godless person Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears, and you know at times the greatest of sinners, the greatest guys that have sinned and been caught, and they, 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 they're the, the ones with the biggest crocodile tears, and uh, at times you wonder, is it truly a, a tears of repentance, or is it tears that hey, I've missed out on the blessing of God, and I think for Esau it was really a tears that says hey, I missed out on all the goodness of God, because from the very beginning I went away of the flesh. Because of my appetite, I, I sold my birthright for just a bowl of bean soup. And uh, all these things I traded away because of the desire of my flesh. And I think that uh, Esau was that one living by the flesh rather than the Spirit. And it's a good adage for us guys that we ought to go by the Spirit, and we ought to ask, always ask pray, Lord we need more of Your Spirit and less of the flesh, because in the flesh we, we're prone to meltdowns, in the flesh we're given into those temptations, that extra piece of chocolate cake, whatever it might be, it might be worse than the donut that Greg Laurie always talks about, it might be worse than that piece of chocolate cake, but you know you, as we give in to the things and the desires and the appetites of the flesh, things uh, just come on and you know we committed. we've joined ourselves to the world, we've joined ourselves to that woman, we've joined ourselves to that man and, uh, and we, we bound and determined, we're going to try and make the best of it, but it brings nothing uh, nothing but that, that bitterness of heart, uh, uh, a bitterness of heart, a bitterness of spirit, uh, even as um, Uh, Esau's parents uh, uh, went through with uh, the marrying in of these Hittite women. 41, he goes on, (laughs) So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Isn't that, isn't that uh, You know, and I think people think like that, that, you know, we can go there, because in of our own flesh, we're capable of almost anything, you know. And he says, as soon as my father, you know, we bury him, he's laid into the ground, and this and that, I'm going to off my brother. And that's exactly what was in his heart. To bear a grudge may literally be translated, to cherish animosity against. You know, we cherish this animosity we have against this bitter, uh, against this person. That's what bearing a grudge is. It says to harass, to hunt down, to persecute, and that's exactly what Esau had in mind. His thought was, I will kill my brother. Uh, 42. And now when the words of uh, the words of her older son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son uh, uh, Jacob and said to him, Behold your brother Esau, is consoling himself concerning you by planning uh, to kill you. Uh, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee to Haran, to my brother Laban. Stay with him for a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides. And he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send and get you uh, from there. Why should I bereaved of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? And uh, uh, there was a little truth in all of Rebekah's words, guys. Obviously she was frustrated by her Hittite daughter-in-laws. But at the same time, she wanted Jacob to get out of town. He sa- she says, hey, my son, get out of town, because your brother's going to hunt you down like a dirty dog. And uh, 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 he says, get, she said, get out of town until things have cooled down with Esau. A plus would be if Jacob could find a wife from her own people. In other words, uh, get out of town, be safe, let your brother's anger die down at the same time. Go and get a wife from our own people, not from the people of the land. And uh, chapter 28, we're just going to get into chapter 28, a few verses, guys. So uh, Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. You know what? We're going to save this chapter 28 till next week, guys. Uh, I didn't realize it's getting a little we're getting a little bit long, but uh, why don't we pray. Father God, we do want to thank You for this evening, Lord, and we thank You for the warnings we have in Your Word, Lord, and we thank You for the examples, good and bad, Lord, that You portray through the Word, and sometimes we just see the ugliness of the flesh of other people, Lord, and we, we cannot recognize that in of our own flesh, there's a lot of ugliness and a lot of uh, uh, A lot of bad, you know, as we give into the flesh and the things of the flesh, Lord. Help us to always put in the things of the Spirit, Lord, and to fill our lives with things of the Spirit rather than things of the flesh, Lord, and that we might be led and we might be empowered, Lord, and we might be willingly uh, 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 surrendering our wills uh, to you, Lord. Not our will be done, but your will be done. Uh, uh, in us Lord. Uh, We thank you for the warning and the admonitions you give and the examples good and bad Lord uh, uh, that we choose to uh, again follow after the good that you portray through the characters and through the Word of God that we uh, hold so dear and near to us Lord we thank you we praise you Lord help us to go this week in the power and the moving and the leading of your spirit We pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen.
1: your name is